Hey, St. John. Welcome to the Post Sermon Podcast. I am Deacon Stalia, and with me today is Vicar Allen. Hello, St. John. Today, we will be discussing your sermon from this past Sunday. Tell me a little bit about the text that you preached on. Yes, so the text comes from Luke chapter 15, where Jesus is surrounded by a great crowd, and part of that crowd has Pharisees that are seeing what Jesus is doing, and one of their observations was, He sees sinners, and he's receiving sinners and eating with them. And to them, that's just really profound. They don't understand what's going on. And as a result, Jesus hears the mumbling and the grumbling that they are doing, and he gives us three parables. And the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the prodigal son. Now, it's a little bit different in our lectionary because we see the reading of the prodigal son earlier in the year during Lent. So, according to the lectionary, now they finally give us the first two parables that Jesus gives as part of this trio of famous parables. I would imagine it would be very long if they included prodigal son with them, but that is really interesting that all three are included. So that's good context for us. But you chose in your sermon to specifically focus on which of those three parables? For my sermon, I wanted to focus on the second parable. I have heard many sermons with the first parable about the lost sheep, and I thought it'd be interesting to try something different and to preach on the lost coin. And how does that relate with our faith and how God talks about this value and this currency and this coin and this woman looking for this coin frantically, exaggeratedly, and just um, something that we would not normally do, and yet that woman does. What is the central teaching of the sermon? The central teaching is, well, first of all, what does that coin represent? Uh, The value of money and currency. Um, What does that mean for Jesus' time and for us today? And the value that we have in the eyes of God. So what is our value? Um, The question that arose was, Jesus is talking about finding this lost coin. Uh, Could that be interpreted as God looking for us in the same way? Um, Money having this value and us having that value as well in the eyes of God. It is interesting what you said about there being different interpretations to this parable. Um, I have heard the coin being different different things before, and, and the woman as well, finding the co- lost coin. Um, so you mentioned uh, our value specifically. So is that what you're saying The that coin represents is like us and, and our value in God, or, or what, do you, what do you think? Yes, so... I saw that the parable is talking about this coin, and I wanted to think, uh, just going back of the first parable about finding the lost sheep, that God is also talking about this coin that is lost, and how does, how do we fit into into that? Uh, We who have been lost in sin, and God comes and finds us, and we are valuable in God's eyes, just as that coin was valuable to the woman. And 
I wanted to make that parallel comparison between us and the coin. Very good. And something else you brought up at the beginning, and I believe the end of your sermon, was you used this this image of us finding pocket money. Can you explain why you chose that illustration? I was thinking of different ways of introducing this concept of, of money and value and the importance in our life. And uh, in the text, it says that God rejoices when he, when he finds the coin, or the woman rejoiced when she found the coin. So I wanted to think of a time when we were happy, when we uh, found some cash. That's really good. Yeah, so it would remind us a little bit of that, that joy that the woman had when she discovered the last coin. Tell me a little bit about the problem that you sought to identify in your sermon. The problem that I wanted to identify was, first, how do we find our value in the world? Or what are some of the things that the world tells us about how we are valued? So some of the things that I brought up, uh, the issues in the world is we try to seek our value from our employers or the type of job that we do. Um, finding our value and worth from there, that if we have this best-paying job, that we are really valuable and important. Um, Another way that I brought up some value is social media is a big part of our life, and um, if we're getting a lot of likes and comments and shares and people are just sending us a lot of love on social media, uh, we try to find our value through those means. Uh, These are just some ways that we try to seek some value, and uh, Obviously, this is not exclusive. It's many different ways that we find this. But I just wanted to get us to, to start to think about how we find our value. And yet, we also live in a fear. We live in the fear that all of this value that we have or all the value that we've accumulated could also be taken away in an instant. Something else you had said in your sermon that reminds me of what you're talking about, about finding our value in the world, is you said we are all seeking some sort of validation, right? Which is very much connected to our value. Um, and there are many different ways. You, you'd brought up employers, social media, family. Um, kind of reminds me of I believe it was the last podcast I did with Pastor, and we were talking about just different idols that we make of people. And I think there's a connection there as well as um, when we we sin against that first commandment and we fear, love, and trust in something above God. Uh, And then you mentioned we live in fear that that can be taken away and how often it is taken away, right? Uh, Those idols or that where we're putting our value in um would you even say that i mean so many times this is like our identity too right we these things that where we find our values also what we root ourselves in sometimes like our identity yes we 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 have this perception of what being valued looks like uh we have this i ideal image in our heads and uh, i think that's a really good uh word to say or some words to say that, yeah, we tend to make an idol out of our value or someone else's value. Um, and this could be, and I brought this up in the sermon, of these public figures that we look up to. Um, they could be idolized uh, for many different reasons. And 
we could even say that they hold significant amount of value in society. So they might have more say in certain things or people may look up to them um, for different reasons that we, we want to become a person like them and be equal in, in, in value and in, in many other means. So for us, again, going back to this, this value question of we have this perception of, yes, this is what we think value looks like. Yet Jesus gives us a completely different definition of what value looks like. So then I guess my follow-up question is, since that is a problem of finding value in, in all the wrong places and people, how then is Jesus the medicine for us in that? Well, I really like what Jesus says and does in the text. For example, Jesus... Jesus' actions are speaking really loudly and clearly, and the Pharisees see it, uh, the crowd sees it, and Jesus' actions are just so simple. He receives and he eats. And this goes back to our Christian understanding and our foundation of how we enter into the church. Um, Jesus is the one who receives us. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the one that calls us uh, into faith. And Jesus is the word that is, is present um, when we enter into a church and we get baptized. Jesus is the one that cleanses us of all sin. And just as the text says that Jesus receives sinners, Jesus also receives us uh, just the way we are. And he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And after we are cleansed, by his word, then Jesus also prepares a table for us. Um, we are given the hope and promises and gifts of God through communion, through his body and blood. And Jesus gives us a glimpse of what we experience as Christians today through the text of Jesus just simply receiving and giving and sharing a meal. Um, and that just shows us today uh, the significance of how Jesus, throughout the text, gives us constant examples of how he goes, how God goes and looks for us who are lost, the sinners who are lost, people that are deemed less valuable in society. And he comes to them, he receives them, and gives them this meal. And I love this imagery of what the text, what the people are observing, what the text is saying, what Jesus is doing, and how Jesus still does that today. Yeah, just like the woman searching for the lost coin, you mentioned that God seeks us and tells us our value. And just to add on a little bit, to what you said, because you mentioned this on Sunday, and I, I really liked it. You had used the word restored, that Jesus restores us to our full value, right? We're now elevated as um, sons and daughters of God, and we are his bride. So that's really cool, too, just to think, not only does he tell us what our value is, 
but he then restores to us that that full value that we're now saints right and there's just so much so much worth in that we get to share a meal right at communion and and receive his body and blood and and this continues that restoration tell me something about the text that did not make it into the sermon this whole uh chapter is three full parables so um, I had to cut out one of the parables. And initially when I was writing the sermon, I thought I would bring up both parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin. But the more and more I started to think about this coin and this value and this sort of uh, value, devalue, values of being lost, um, and this restoration and redemption, this transaction language, uh, I just continued on with the lost coin. I had a hearer-submitted question on the epistle reading, which was from 1 Timothy 1, verses 5 through 17. And that question is, what does it mean in 1 Timothy that the law is for the unjust and not the righteous? Thank you so much for for the submitted question. And yes, this is a question that came up in my mind when I was reading uh, our epistle reading. And one of the things that comes up right away is this language of, uh, not the righteous, and then um, I just thought about it as a creation as a whole. Then, who is who is righteous? Um, in Romans three, it says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are in sin, and yet Jesus is the one that makes us right before God. So we who live under God's grace, under Jesus. Um, he is the one that makes us righteous. Now, what about the people that don't believe in Jesus? Well, now, Romans also applies in this, uh, where Paul says that um, now the law is upon them. They're still under the law, this judgment of God, um, that their sin, uh, they're still living in their sin. And so the law applies there. And yet, we also know that we as Christians also live according to the law. What that means is God's law is actually God's will for humanity. And so we as Christians who live under God's grace also live with the law as a means through which we fulfill God's will in the world. And we who live with the law, it just shows us more and more the importance of us recognizing first God is ruler of all, going off in the first commandment, and that also that all of us are created in the image of God. And if all of us are created in that image, we all hold that value, and we are sent to proclaim uh, God's grace to them and to show them and restore them through the word, giving that word and restoring them, and and God restoring them to their full value. Very good. And I was... I was thinking when you were saying your answer, maybe having a good understanding of the distinction between our vertical relationship with God and our horizontal relationship with others can help in this situation. So in our vertical relationship with God, we are freed from the law. We are at peace with him. Um, we are very much, we are his righteousness. Yet in that horizontal relationship with others, we are still living out our vocations um, according to this law. And uh, that can be helpful in just 
thinking about it. I don't know if you would agree with that or not. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a really good question. Yeah, the the law is for all people. It is God's will for humanity. And so since we we all live in this broken and redeemed world, uh, we as Christians also live in the grace and knowing that God's law is there for us to fulfill and show glory to God in our vocations and in many different ways. This wraps up the episode for today. Thank you for listening to today's discussion. In case you missed today's sermon or you'd like to listen to it again, the link to the sermon is in the show notes, and you can also find it on our church website, stjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Thank you, Vicar, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week. Thank you, St. John. All right. Bye, you guys. Take care. Bye-bye.